love to talk about prayer and this whole process of preaching um, at New Hope is very new to me. So whenever they, they uh, Pastor Bowen and, and they kind of came up with this thing like, you're over prayer. Um, this is prayer month is September. Why don't you get up and share your heart for prayer? The first thing they said to me was, what is going to be your title? And so I came up with a genius title. Back to the basics, prayer, okay? Because, listen, prayer is the most basic thing. In fact, prayer, you're saved as you respond to God. And how many of you were led into a salvation prayer? How many of you? How many of you, your relationship really with the Lord started with a verbal response? It started with prayer, right? And so I would say the two things, there's so many things that are important. We really talk about that. We talk a lot about next steps. We talk a lot about... Um, we talk a lot about serving, and we just, we've had a great month of vision casting on all these things. But here's the deal. If we miss the basics, right? If we miss these basics, then it's all spiritual posture. And it, and it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't stir us in our faith. Some of us are sitting here and we're like, we haven't felt... We haven't felt in our hearts the way we know how it feels to be good and have breakthroughs. Has anybody ever felt that? Like, I'm ready to feel the presence and the power of the Lord in a way that I haven't felt the, the, the presence and the breakthrough of the Lord in my life. I, I, I'm ready for it. Are you ready for it? Okay, so, so listen, this is what I felt like. I, I was kind of laying, a lot of what the Lord does with me has to do with late nights. So I'm laying in bed last night, and I felt like the Lord, when I was thinking through the title, and the title being the basics of faith, and I knew I was going to talk about the word and prayer, and I felt like the Lord spoke me, to me um, in my heart this, that the word transforms our mind, and it affects our hearts. How many of you know that? How many of you love God's word? Okay, so it, the word of God, the Bible talks about it actually transforms our thinking, right? The word of God, it, it's like we, we come to know who God is in prayer or in, or in the word. And we come to know like who we are in the word because it tells us that he loves us and he's a good father and we're his children and we're the heirs of God, right? And so we, we, we begin to like, our, our, we're thinking differently because before we knew the Lord, we kind of felt like subject to the world, right? <laughs> we, got, we kind of, we responded to fear because we didn't know who we were. We responded to the words that were spoken over us when we were little by somebody in our life speaking something over us and trying to define who we were. And then we're like, we get saved and we go through the word and we're like, well, that's not what this says. So our thinking, it starts to be transformed and the lies of the enemy are exposed as we're in the word. That's the beautiful thing about encounter. If you want to know what encounter is, like I loved, I loved what Max was saying on here. It was so powerful because he talked a lot about like, about just the softening of one's heart. Do you know what that is? It's the word of God. When we look at the word of God, our hearts are just softened and he begins to change our mind. Well, here's what prayer does, okay? Prayer transforms our will and our heart outlook. Amen? Because I hear this all the time. I hear about prayer that it is something that people talk about a lot more than what they do. And it breaks my heart because that means to me that we don't understand prayer. 
okay? So I'm looking at New Hope, and I'm seeing New Hope. How many of you know that New Hope is about 105 years old? That's a long time. In fact, sitting in here today, I would guarantee you there's no charter member of New Hope, right? It's a long time. And so for 105 years, there's been this church. And you know what? 105 years ago, there were people who were praying for New Hope. God had a vision for New Hope. He has a vision for his church. God had a vision for New Hope. And you know what? Those people begin to pray prayers over the house that we are literally standing on today. Amen? Yeah. Five locations later, I started coming to New Hope when New Hope was downtown on Crawford Avenue. That was three locations ago. Before me, there was two separate locations. You know what happened? Is that... You know, I still know people. I'm looking at the Lancasters over here, and I'm looking, I'm looking all over, and I see people who I went to Crawford Avenue Church of God with. Well, that's what we were then, you know. That was our name. And I look at people, and I see not only has God led us um, from place to place, but through the prayers of people, we've gained community. Because every, how many of you were here when we were... Um, uh, West location, like we were New Hope, we were on Wheeler Road. How many of you were here? We had a lot more first service, okay? So some of you were here. Well, now we're in this corridor. We're right here at New Hope in our fifth location, and God has extended community to us. Amen? And he's given it. And everywhere that we've been, we believe with all of our hearts that God has directed every single move. And he's placed us exactly where he wanted to place us. And how did that happen? It was through prayer. I've heard Sister Sister Bowen and Brother Bowen talk quite a bit, and it never gets old to me. I like to hear where we've come from. Because it helps me to know where we're going and what God is saying. Amen? And I'm very thankful for a pastor. Pastor Bowen came in this morning, and he hated to leave, but you know what? He prayed for me. Awesome. Sister Tice came up to me, a lady in first service who I've known since I was a little girl who's prayed over me my whole life. She prayed over me again. Becky Wall prayed for me. I am literally standing up here on the shoulders of people who have loved me well and prayed for me. Amen? And so I come up here, and I don't feel alone. I know that God is with me because I know who I am, and I know what God has done, and I can look forward to what he's going to do. And for me, it, when I think about my prayer life and why I'm passionate, why I love prayer so much, is this. I had a grandma, and my mom worked third shift, and so at night, my mom would take me to my grandma's house, and I would um, visit with my, I loved to talk to my grandma. You know, we were, very, we were very close. And so we'd talk a while. And then my grandmother had this time where she started shutting down the lights, you know. And she would go find a corner. It seemed very natural to me at the time, but I don't really hear of this a lot. So I don't know if it's like whatever. But my grandmother used to go into the corner. She'd kneel down and I'd sit as close as I could to her, partly because I was scared of the dark. But we were in this corner together. And I would listen to her pour out her heart. My grandmother was from the great depression. And so she knew what need was. She had eight living children who were grown by the time that I was sitting next to her in prayer. And so I heard my grandma pray and she would pray for her, her saved children for their needs, for her, her children who weren't walking with the Lord. And she prayed as a woman who believed. 
And so I sat there and I'd listen to her and she would, she would pray and she'd believe and she'd always end the prayer. I, I, we, me and my cousins kind of joke because we all know like she, she prayed kind of freestyle and then she would go, and Lord help the, the sick, the sad, the alone, the crippled, the blind, the helpless, the poor, and the widows. And so sometimes we'll get to praying and we just start doing it because grandma taught us like those were the things on her heart. And you know what? Then I noticed with, with my, we called her Nanny, with my grandma, Nanny, I noticed that she actually had this relationship with the Lord that was so really cool to me in that my grandmother, her house was an older house. We didn't have central heat and air. Did anybody not have central stuff growing up? Like it's a whole, so I remember in the winters when it would get cold, it does get cold in Augusta sometimes. And I remember it would be cold at night sometimes and my grandma would turn on her electric blanket, you know, and she'd slide in the covers. And this is what my mom's prayer, or my grandmother's prayer life looked like. It looked like her saying, oh, Jesus, you know, this feels good. You know, oh Lord, this is amazing. Oh, it just feels good to lay down. She's just talking and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, this is, it was so natural to hear. You know, I remember it being summertime and being super hot and uh, my grandma would come in from hanging out. She never did have a dryer and she put her clothes out on the line and it would be hot and she'd be pouring with sweat and she had one little room that had an air conditioner and she'd come into that room and she kind of plopped down on her, her uh, she always had a leather couch. You know, maybe it's because it felt cooler in the summer, I don't know. But she plopped down on her leather couch and she'd go, oh Jesus, this feels so good and you know you and I got stuff to do today. You know, you know we have things that we need to do today, but for right now, this is feeling so good, Lord. And he, she'd have this conversation. And so for me, I had a grandmother who was a, a woman of faith. Well, then I had a mother who, when I would say, you know what, I'm really, I'm really scared. I'm scared to be alone. I'm scared of the dark, obviously, because I was sitting so close to my grandma, right? And so I'd say, oh, I don't like the dark. Can you leave it? And my mom would always say, you know what? She's like, at the, at the, the name of Jesus, every demon has to bow joy, you know, and she'd start, she imparted this faith, and my mom, I mean, she's a powerful prayer, and so for me growing up, I had the blessing of feeling like, and knowing, and having this confidence that I had a God who was actually with me, that I did not have to posture myself to pray to him but I could just go to him because he was my best friend. He was going to go with me wherever I went. So I didn't have to be afraid. He was going to plan out my future. I didn't have to worry about my future. God, God had it because he was with me. And so these are the women that I've kind of grown up with. I think of New Hope and I think of these people these, uh, these wonderful intercessors who prayed and prayed for years and years. And I think, you know what? These intercessors from New Hope, like, and I still, I'll, I'm, Pastor Bowen, he, he's at a place now where he loves to talk about, like, back in the day, what it looked like when he got to New Hope. And I eat it up because here's the deal. There were ladies, like, there's a lady named, we called everybody brother and sister. I don't know if you're used to that, but that's what we did. And um, there was a lady named Sister Allie. Sister Allie could pray it down. She had faith. And it wasn't how she acted. It wasn't like uh, because she was demonstrative, but when she prayed, there was something in her prayer that said she knew who God was, yeah. and she knew who she was. And what God would do for her was he would take the heaviness of life and all the worry and all those things off, and he would, he would allow her to tap into his power and his strength and his sovereignty. 
Those are people in our, in our days. You know, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, in the, 11, um, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we see that they, they talk a lot about these people of faith. You know, we see Abraham, it was counted to his faith, was counted to him as righteousness. And, and when it goes on and on, it talks about all these fathers of our faith and all these people that we read about in the Old Testament. And it talks a lot about their faith. But I remember, I remember when I was a young adult or an older teenager, I was reading that. And all of a sudden, I read something that didn't quite make me comfortable, but it's intriguing nonetheless, was that, was that it says in there, if you read it, that they saw with their eyes the, the vision that God had given them. They saw things in their heart that they would never see in the natural. They saw things and they believed for things. Don't you think 105 years ago that there were people in this church who saw your freedom, who saw your children, who knew that we would, this world needed breakthrough, and they prayed, and we are all standing here. We, some of us have dedicated our children. Some, some of us have, have come, gotten married in this church, you know? And some of those people prayed, and they prayed for our freedom. And some of the freedom that the, we're walking in today has a lot to do with the fact that these people prayed for us. Are you grateful? I am so grateful. So this month, September, September is a month of prayer. And I look at the September and, and we're in planning, because you know what, you do a lot of practical things to usher in spiritual things, right? So we, we, we're looking at trying to be really intentional. What do we want from September? Like, what is it, what is it that we want? You know what I want? Oh, I want, I want people to pray. I want people to pray, and I think of it, and I'm like, what keeps people from feeling confident to pray? Or what makes people think, what makes people think that they aren't spiritual enough, or they don't have the right words? And so what we've designed is a month where we're going to help you. We're going to set up systems for you and times for you to be at this church. And we're going to give you prayer points. We have a prayer card that's going to be outside. And we're going we're to set this up and we're going to give you topics for the day. Some of you are going to pray about, you know, a ton of things every day. But we have these topics the first week. And, and the first week we're going to talk about you. We're talking about having a clean heart. We're going to talk about having a grateful heart. Because you know what? A heart that's cultivated, a heart that's cultivated prays with authority. Because when your heart, so this first week, if your heart isn't free, then the rest of the month is going to get really confusing. Because the enemy's going to be able to come to you and it's going to be able to speak to you and try to get you discouraged before you even start in prayer. So what we're going to do is the first, the first week, it's all going to be about you and the Lord. I mean, I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray for my country. I'm going to pray for all the things. But my prayer topic for the day, I'm going to be submitting my heart to the Lord for this month. And, and I'm going to tell you why we're going to do that. We're going to get into that. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to why do we pray? Okay, why, why is it that we pray? And that's simply... When we pray, it helps us to know God, right? Time equals relationship. 
Um, I, I heard that a lot when I was a teenager. Time equals relationships. You know that if you have kids and you're telling your kids, maybe you don't need to hang out with the people that you're hanging out with. And they're like, you know, why? You don't even know them. Don't judge them. You know, whatever. But we know that if you're hanging out with people, eventually you're going to look like those people. You're going to think like those people. You're going to start to dress like those. I mean, it happens, right? And so we understand that time equals relationship. And if that's true, then we need to be in prayer because prayer is the literal knowing God. It's the same word that's used whenever, whenever it says Adam knew Eve and they conceived, right? It's an intimate knowing. And so as we intimately know God, it, it changes us. It changes our prayer. You know, the Bible says that God is our provider. There's a name for that. It's Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider, right? And so we know that God provides, and it's not just, and I, I know I say this a lot because I feel like sometimes we get confused. We get confused with what God does. We get all hung up on what, he's, what we think he needs to do, that we forget God is our provider. He is the provider. It's who he is, not just what he does. And like any good provider, the provider knows what our needs are and what's good for us right? And so sometimes I, I just think, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to put up Philippians 4.19. And it says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Everything that we need, everything that we need is on the other side of prayer, church. Everything that we need. Some of us are sitting here and, and we're thinking like, I need this and I need this and I need this. And we all know good and well, sometimes we're not even talking to the Lord about it, myself included. We get so consumed with our need. That's why here he's always saying what, what, what you need, what you need. He doesn't always say what you want, what you want. I like what you want. You know, that's a, that's a fun place for me. I think I, I know a lot of things I want. In fact, I have no trouble at Christmas time because I work on my list the day after Christmas because my love language is gifts, you know. And so I actually have this place on Amazon where it has a list for Reagan because I'm like, I need you to know what I want. So I don't, I don't have any trouble with lists. But you know what, what here, what it's saying, not everything on my list is what I need. It's just what I want, you know. And I tend to like as seen on TV things. So not all those things do I really need, right? And so here we have to understand that God is sovereign. And when we go into prayer, there has to be an understanding in our hearts that God is the one who's sovereign. And I love, love, love growing up in a Pentecostal church, in a Pentecostal environment. I love that. But here's the deal. If we're not careful, what that culture can create is if I believe and believe, believe enough, if I feel the vat of belief, that all of a sudden I'm going to wear down the Lord and he's going to do what I want him to do. And that's not how it is, church. We're not working against the reluctance of the Lord to have enough faith and have a formula to get what we want. You know? God's not calling us to that. God has a plan for us. He has a plan for our life. He knows our needs. The Bible says he knows our needs before we even say them. He, he knows our needs before we even say them. I have a daughter who 
Um, a few months ago, we were talking, and she was like, Mom, like, literally, you know, when, you're, when your children come to you and they want to have a sit-down, like a, a real conversation, you're like, yes, you know? And she, she came to me, and she was like, Mom, here's the deal. She was like, I really want to stop this pattern or behavior that I have. It's, a ver- it's verbally just how I think, how I feel about myself. I'm so tired of thinking and feeling these things. I want to stop. And um, I said, well, that's amazing. Like, and I'm trying to probe her. I don't want to make big movements to scare her off. You know, I'm like wanting this conversation to continue, right? And I'm like, baby, I said, have you prayed about it? You know, have you prayed? And she goes, mm, no. And I'm like, you, you, you're not praying about it? She goes, well, I mean, I have prayed about it. But I actually prayed it a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I didn't see the Lord move. <laughs> and so, and then I prayed like, prayed about a year ago and I still haven't seen the Lord move. And it was like, so I'm done. Like, I mean, I, I know, and I said, but you do love Jesus, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know, so that's a win. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the deal. My daughter, that is the nature of us. You know, we ask the Lord and we go to the Lord. And, and sometimes it's like, we're going to him and we're humbling ourselves because here's the thing, the asking is there's a humbling and there's this, this um, awareness that God is our provider, right? But I want us to pull up Matthew 17, seven through eight. If we can pull that up there. The scripture says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. Amen. You know what that is? We had, a, we had a women's conference, oh, I want to say like four years ago. We had a women's conference, and um, a lady came, and her name's Candy Christmas. Her and her husband, Kent Christmas, have been, been um, guest speakers at New Hope for, for many decades. In fact, the first, the first time I ever came to New Hope, it was to come to a revival that they had at New Hope. And um, she came back to speak at a women's conference a few years ago, and she talked about praying through. Who's ever heard of praying through? You know that phrase? Do you know that phrase? Okay, she talked about praying through. And when she talked about praying through, it was a very curious thing because it sparked a conversation amongst people. And a lot of people were like, now I've heard the term, but I've never really understood what that was. And some people were like, and I even have heard it, but I'm always a little mystified on what that means, you know? Or some people are like, I know that feeling when it happens, but I'm not quite sure I'm not quite sure like how to go about that. And I'm going to challenge you, church. This is what I believe praying through looks like. Because here's the deal. The first thing, this this comes from Jesus speaking um, at the Sermon on the Mount to his followers. He's speaking, and it's an invitation. Let me tell you, Jesus talks about prayer constantly. He's always trying to, to get the lies of what prayer is out of our hearts and out of our minds, and he's trying to clear it up for us. And right here, he's trying to clear it up. And he's saying, he's saying, ask. Because he knows, like, the first thing we, we're going to come to do, come to the Lord with is, is our, our things that we want him to remember and him to move on, right? And we have this list But what God is wanting to do is he is wanting us to go in with our list, and he's okay with that, but he's wanting us to come out with his heart. Amen? Because that's what praying through looks like. So when we ask the Lord, I know what I need. I know I I feel like I know what I need. And so I go to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, 
Like, this is what I need. I need this to happen in my family. I need this to happen in my health. I need this to happen in my marriage. I need this to happen in my vocation. Lord, I know I have this list. And Jesus is saying here, ask, come on. But then he's taking it further. And he's saying, seek. And seek is the journey, guys. Seek is the journey of prayer. Because prayer is not a, a list, and then you, you hit it, and then you're like, that was so good. Now I'm going to read my three scriptures, and then I'm set up for the day, because that's what being a Christian looks like. No, we got it wrong, because here's what happens. In, in Isaiah 118, we see this picture where God is speaking to his people, and his people have turned away from him, but they're still in church. How many of you know you can fall, be away from the Lord and be in church? Okay. All right. So these people are coming, they're coming in their posture. Um, God's people are coming and they're not walking according to his ways and they're not walking in holiness. But what they're doing on their meetings is they're, they're posturing. They're posturing. They're spreading their hands out. They're putting their face down. And God's like, look, like, come on, come on. He's like, look, I, I want you to reason with me. That's what the scripture says. Come now and let us, that's God and his people, let us reason together, says the Lord. He's like, your sins are, they're all over. They're red, they're, they're bright, they're, they're outstanding. But what I want to do is make you as white as snow. Some of us need the shame taken off our life. Some of you, shame is what's keeping you from talking to the Lord. Because you're trying to live with one foot here and one foot there, and you want to do what you want to do, but you know you want to be holy. It's like Paul talks about, like, what I shouldn't do, I'm doing. And, you know, what? like, it's that whole concept. And so we're, we're wanting two things. And so, but what God is saying is, like, you really want to go this way with me. Like, come on. Like, let's reason this thing through. And you know what that looks like to me as a mom of a teenager, of three teenagers? We thought when they were young, we're like, have them close together. They'll be friends. It'll be so awesome. Well, then they get to be teenagers. And teenager... Let me tell you, me and Reagan laugh a lot and we talk a lot about it. It has been a beautiful um, struggle, but it's been beautiful of what God does in our life as our kids, you know, a trust relationship with the Lord. You will know where you are in the Lord really quick, right? And so um, me as a mother have had conversations, and I'm just going to expose myself, but this is what some of the conversations have looked like with me because um, I, I love all three of my children, but they're also different. You know that if you have multiple children. And um, I have a child that I have really prayed for since they've hit the teenage years because God has blessed them to be very strong, right? And very opinionated with so many good opinions. And, you know, like, and then like really quick to speak, not always even meaning to be sharp, but just really quick with it, you know? And so I have come to the Lord like this. Lord, here's my, here's my asking. My asking is this fix her. <laughs> do whatever you need to do to make her better. I am losing my mind. And you know what the Lord says? You know what come now and reason together says the Lord looks like for me? All right, Joy, let's look at this. So my word does say children obey your parents, but you know what it says? Parents, don't provoke your children to anger. Joy, don't you think some of these patterns that are happening are patterns that you haven't dealt with in your life? Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. And I'm thinking, Lord, oh, you're right. 
So then in prayer, all of a sudden, I'm being shaped. My perspective is getting different because what the Lord is doing, he's saying, watch your mouth, Joy. Watch how you're responding. Let her know she is loved. Change your heart. Trust me that I've got your girl. And what we're going to do is we're going to take you through a process. And you know what I did? I went in with my list, but knocking the door is open because here's the deal. When you go through this process of reasoning with the Lord, you have breakthrough and you have prayed it through. Because as we're changed, when you go into your prayer, you go in one way, but the, 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 the purpose is to always come up, come out with hope. Nobody has ever went into a prayer, a prayer closet with their heart open for the Lord, towards the Lord, and come out and been more discouraged. Not if they understand who God is and who they are. Because we know that God is a good father, that he loves us, that if we aren't seeing our prayers answered the way we thought that he would answer them, that he's still sovereign and he's still good. And I'm not going to get fixed on what I came with, but I'm going to be fixed on what he's saying he's going to do. Church, God loves you. He does. I love you. I, I come to the church and that little area right there, I pace back and forth and I pray and I pray for you and I pray that the Lord, um, I pray for healing. I pray for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Does that not get you excited? Man, I, I'm like, I pray for freedom. I pray for cancer to be smashed in the name of Jesus. I pray for health issues to be subject, like they're subject in the name of Jesus. And I pray that reality looks like heaven. I believe it and I pray that for us. And you know what? If I want it for you, how much more does God want that for you? How much more does he want you to be reconciled with the people in your life that you are broken in relationship with? How much more does God want your children to worship him and to love him? How much more does God want you to be free and not be subject to the lies of the enemy? If I want that for you, I am still not your provider. God is your provider. And so, like, I'm going to challenge you today, but we're, we're about to go into the next part. But here's the deal. The Lord spoke to me. Before I even knew that, that I was going to be up here today, the Lord started at night just giving me these visions of this house. That happened in first service. Started giving me visions of this house where people are coming to this place where they are like, I am not only going to come to the place where I'm just going to ask and then I'm going to wait and see. God said, I'm going to transform the body of believers in New Hope into a, a house that asks, but then they seek. And then when they seek it with all their heart, they're going to find me. And the presence that we sang about a little bit ago, his presence is an open door. It's so much more than a feeling that we get, guys. It's about the presence of God in each and every one of us. If we come into this house and we prayed and we've understood who God is, what would it look like for us to come to the house of the Lord? Hundreds of people with an understanding that God is good and he loves us and he moves on, his, on behalf of his people. How much, how much greater would it be when we come to the house of the Lord? And I feel his presence. You know, I feel the presence of the Lord. I walk into this house. Nobody can be in here. But I'm asking the Lord every day, God, 
I don't even need a cheerleader. I'll be your cheerleader. I'll make way for you, Lord, in my heart. That is what this first week of the month of prayer is. Lord, I'm going to make way for you. I'm going to make place for you in my heart to do what it is that you want to do in my life. Amen? How many of you are willing to say that? Are you willing to say that? Like, Lord, I want your way. And I'm willing to go beyond the asking. And I'm going to go to the seeking. And then I'm going to trust you and stand on your promises that when I seek you and I stand on your promises, that you are going to open that door. And I'm going to see with my eyes in the land of the living what you are doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to make a significant amount of time for prayer real quick. And if Steve can come up and, and um, we're going we're gonna to do a couple of, we're going to do some music. But if everybody will stand up. <clears throat> Church. God wants to meet you here today. We're not, we don't have prayer leaders up here today. We're going to have a time where, where you, I'm going to ask you to respond because I know every one of us in this house has needs. Do you have a need? Raise your hand if you have a need. When people ask me and they say, they say to me like, what do you want me to pray for? I normally have to take a minute not to think of things, but to kind of like weed down the list a little bit, you know? I know what I need. And I want to make place today for you guys to come to the altar of God because this altar is not my altar. It's not New Hope's altar. This is the altar of God. Powerful things have happened for me at the altar. I came to know the Lord at an altar. I've been healed at an altar. I was filled with the presence and the power of the Lord at an altar. And I want to give you a minute when it's just an intimate knowing minute with you and the Lord. And I want you to come down to the altar. And I want you to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you because I may have asked you 20 times. I may have asked you 100 times. I may have asked you two times. But I'm not going to give up because I'm going to seek you because your promise says that when I seek you, I find you. And I know there's a door and I want to go through that door. I want to pray through. I want to go through that door. And I, I know that if I trust you and I don't get in my own way, that I'm going to see your hand at work in my life. Amen. So Steve's going to play. I'm going to pray over you. And as I pray, I'm going to ask you, be bold and come down. Everything that you are wanting from the Lord is on the other side of prayer. Are you wanting your marriage? Are you fighting for your marriage? Because you got married and things kind of went sideways a little bit after you got married. Or it didn't end up being what you wanted it to be. Or, or maybe you feel like things are even broken. Come to the altar of the Lord. Maybe some of you are saying, I actually have sin in my life that disgusts me. There are things in my life that I am so ashamed of, and I need you to make me free. Come to the altar. Are you believing for your children? Are you depressed and need the Lord to break a spirit of depression off of you? Come to the altar. Lord, we just trust you today. 
Lord, we